0: In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you were mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, the fire you shall not be burned and the flame shall not concern you. How often do you pass through the waters? I mean, normally when we think about water, we walk in the water, we swim in the waters. If you're like me, sometimes you feel like you're drowning in the water. We can sail on the waters, but to actually pass through? That's a weird turn of phrase that would send Isaiah's readers back to one of the most important moments in the life of the people of God. Now, for most of us, it was popularized in the movies by Cecil B. DeMille and the Ten Commandments. Or if you're a bit younger, maybe in the Prince of Egypt. Moses and God's people get to the Red Sea. The power of God's already been revealed and they've been set free. But now they can see the armies on their way to bring them back into slavery. And the people watching them come start getting angry at Moses. Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you brought us in the desert to die? Now that's the first question that they asked in Exodus chapter 14. And Moses, after listening to them for a few moments, gives a response that gives us one of those important truths in life. Sometimes we don't know what the Lord's plan is, but we know he's faithful. Hearing the question, Moses tells the crowd, Now watch, stand still and see the salvation of God. And God whispers back, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. And then he tells Moses to raise his staff and stretch out your hand, and they will pass through the waters. And then we get to that moment that's burned into a lot of our minds from those movies. Moses' hands stretch out, staff in one of them, and we watch on either side as the waters part. And we see the fish swimming around like you're in an aquarium. And the ground is suddenly hard enough for God's people And their animals, and their wagons, and their carts to pass on safely. And they are saved. And that's what Isaiah has in mind here, something they all had in common. The day when Moses and all of their ancestors were saved. It's a story they knew by heart, it's a story they read and remembered every Passover, the story of when they were freed from slavery. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is a powerful voice. The voice of the Lord is a voice of splendor. Now, when we read about creation, we read that the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God's voice thunders throughout creation. As we read a couple of weeks ago, all things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being. And while creation was going on, Jesus was there. Keep that in your heart and in your mind as we look at our gospel this morning. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah. Now, with our distance, two millennia later, We forget the power that John's preaching had. Think back to 2002 for a moment. Since I know most of you are at home, don't look at your phone, don't Google anything. What happened in 2002 that you remember that was important to the world or to our nation? Anyone remember the Winter Olympics that year? Anyone remember where they were held? Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Now, which movie had the biggest box office that year? Anybody remember that? The better question is, who was playing Spider-Man at the time? What What was the most watched TV show that year? What was the most read book, or the most sold book at least? How about something more personal? Did you have a birth or a death, a confirmation or a baptism that year, a wedding that you went to or maybe participated in? Do you remember those? Maybe a little bit better. But let me ask you this. Can you remember a sermon you heard from 2002? Anybody? I can't either. I can't even remember what I preached in 2002. Anybody remember something from 1997? Is that easier to remember? I ask that because more than 20 years after the resurrection, maybe closer to 25 years since John the Baptist's death, In Acts 18 and Acts 19, we see Paul and his companions go to Greece and go to Macedonia. And there they keep running into Jewish people who'd only heard of John's baptism 20 plus years later. We see in Acts chapter 18 that Apollos comes on the scene, who's a young man who knows the gospel, at least in part, but only has ever heard of John's baptism. In Acts chapter 19, Paul goes to Ephesus and was talking with a group that he thinks might be believers, and he's concerned, he asked them if they'd been baptized, and they say, yes, we're baptized in John's baptism. We have no idea about this baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire you talk about. But notice that Paul and all of these people didn't have to stop and explain which John and which baptism they were talking about. That's the impact that his preaching had. More than two decades later, people were still deeply impacted by it. It's no wonder that at the time they wondered if he was the Messiah. And John's response is clear in the Gospels. I baptize you with water, but there's one who's more powerful than I is coming, and I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. God had been preparing his people for their coming, and they thought John might be the Messiah, but John knew the Messiah was there. And his baptism was not going to be just the baptism of the water that he had already created. It would be with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, the Holy Spirit was seen by those hearing John's preaching as the prime mover in prophecy and in holiness. When John said the fire of the Spirit was coming to clear out those areas of their lives, they knew what he was talking about. But the Holy Spirit does it in our lives, too. He does it so that we can reflect the love of God even more fully into the world. And here, John says that he's not worthy of to take off Jesus' shoes. Let that sit with you for a moment. The preacher, the prophet, the one the crowds think is the Messiah, is saying that the Messiah is here, and it's his cousin. And John doesn't see himself worthy enough to take off his shoes. Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, and heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came down from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Paul had explained John's baptism to those in Ephesus he was talking to in Acts 19 like this. John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus Christ. And then Jesus, who never sinned, was baptized by John. Not for the baptism of not for the repentance of his own sin. Jesus was obedient to what the Father wanted. And then we read in Acts this morning. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When the religious enemies of the Jewish people came into God's family, the apostles sent Peter and John to confirm what had happened. And just like John promised, the Samaritans, just like the apostles and the others on the day of Pentecost, like the Ethiopian eunuch, like Cornelius and his family, those in Ephesus who knew only John's baptism, they were baptized in water and then in the Holy Spirit and fire, just like we are. This morning we remember the baptism of our Lord. And not in the way I thought we would be remembered on Monday. We're in a season where many are sick and many more are already feeling isolated and lonely again. I know I've talked to them this week. Where we're not sure what to do or who is right. But we still need to shine the light of Christ brightly. When I'm done preaching this morning we're going to turn to page 292 in our Book of Common Prayer. And reaffirm our baptismal vows. But this morning as you answer those questions. And as we affirm our faith and our beliefs. Let the Holy Spirit show you and show me the areas in our lives. Where we need the chaff still to be cleared. So that no matter what is happening around us. No matter what's happening in the world over the next few weeks. We can reflect the love of God even more fully into the world. Amen.